Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is Wednesday, April 12, 2023, Anno Domini. Today's top headline, strategic leaks. Is the Biden administration signaling a pivot on Ukraine? Next, Elon versus the BBC, destroying a reporter in front of millions. And finally, more information out out of Louisville. A left-wing Redditor has left five dead. An officer is in critical condition. Turns out the Redditor was on mental counseling. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. As I mentioned, the United States is doing extremely well economically with inflation coming down in a strong labor market. And um, Europe is doing better than was feared at the time of our last meeting. So um, I, I wouldn't overdo the negativism um, about the global economy. I, I, th- I think we should be more positive. Of course, there are risks. Um, many of them relate to Russia's war um, against Ukraine and the global outlook. I think the single best thing that we could do to improve the global outlook would be to end that barbaric war. But um, I think the outlook is reasonably bright. I'm sorry, did you just hear that? Because I just heard it. If you didn't and you're listening on the podcast side, go back and play that again. That was Janet Yellen. That was the secretary of the treasury telling us that the best way to bring stability to the world economy was to seek a peace deal in Ukraine. Okay, this is from the same administration that's been saying again and again and again that we have to win at all costs. Oh, uh, Seems as though it's not at all costs anymore, is it, Janet? Looks like we've actually found what the price is that we're not willing to pay. Then you look at some of this other stuff. The Washington Post a couple of days ago, U.S. doubts Ukraine counteroffensive will yield big gains. This coming, this came to us from those leaked documents. So I was on War Room Saturday morning going through everything. I think it's really funny, by the way, for that for those of you that haven't been on Telegram, that aren't on Twitter, and that you're only getting your news from the MSM there, they are like a week behind us on this story because we went up, I was out there on a Saturday telling you what was in these documents. And now finally they're coming back around saying, Oh, did you, did you know, we had special operations forces. We had, you know, we had uh, special forces in Ukraine. It's like, yeah, cause we listened to human events daily and we talked about it so long ago. Okay. So, but go with me on this. What if the leak wasn't disinformation from the Kremlin, what if there was a strategic reason that was being put out there saying, what was it saying? Think of it. Ukraine is having trouble recruiting soldiers. Ukraine is having ammo problems. Here's another piece. The Ukrainian counteroffensive will not yield big gains. And why is it that the entire media is covering this because we all know that if the media wants to um, 
if they want to bury a story with the Hunter Biden laptop, it's gone. It's so gone. The media's biggest power, never forget this. The media's biggest power is story selection. It will always be story selection. The idea that they can determine what is talked about and what is not talked about. I'm not talking about like here on Human Events Daily. I'm talking about to the masses, to the normies, to the middle. The fact that they've decided to discuss not just leak, but the content of the leak should be a massive red flag for us. And I think it's amazing that nobody else seems to be bringing this up. So here's from the Washington Post. Ukraine's challenges in massing troops, ammunition, and equipment could cause its military to fall, quote, well short of Kiev's original goals for an anticipated counteroffensive aimed at retaking Russian-occupied areas this spring, according to leaked assessments contained in this growing leak of classified documents, revealing Washington's misgivings on the state of the war. And, and, and you know, I mean, I'll just even say it. If you go on 4chan right now, uh, they're literally posting what's purported to be the names of U.S. intelligence assets in uh, where in Belarus and Russia and some of these other countries in Ukraine um, with specifics on that. And again, we have no idea if this is true, but there's so much coming out that labeled top secret. The bleak assessment from early February warns of a significant, quote, force generation and sustainment shortfalls. The likelihood that such an operation will result in only modest territorial gains. It's a marked departure from the Biden administration's public statements. And folks, people need to understand that this isn't a video game. It requires resources to maintain warfighting capability. Okay, you need money, you need fuel, you need supplies, you need ammo, and you need men, you need people. The, the chat GPT is not fighting this war. Human beings are, and there are human beings caught in the crossfire. You cannot replace this with mid-journey and 11 labs and chat GPT. Now, nah, nah, this comes down to the trenches. This comes down to all quiet on the Western front. And it looks like all of a sudden that the furthest Western front, the people actually pushing for and inciting the war out of Washington, D.C., are changing their tune. Now, there could be a various reasons for this, one of which, of course, could be that simply that they've realized it's costing too much money. Inflation is skyrocketing. We're going into summer. Gas prices are on the rise again. Or could it possibly be that there is a new pivot in store and the Biden administration wants to take their wonderful sterling record that they've achieved of successes on the battlefield from Ukraine and transpose that over to Taiwan because they realize Mearsheimer's warning, you can't fight a two front war at the same time. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I hope it's not for the people of Taiwan, for the people of the United States, for anybody caught in the middle. I really hope that's not true because I really hope that cooler heads prevail, and there's de-escalation that goes on in the Taiwan situation. But folks, we're here. We're reading the tea leaves every day. And when I see these documents and when I look at them and the strategic timing of this leak, you really have to ask what's going on behind the scenes. Americans have had it. They're done supporting companies that rake in hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars while trashing the country that made their success possible. Until recently, we had to take it. But companies like Patriot Mobile are building a whole new economy, one which embraces the values that made America the greatest country on earth. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. 
If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. All this plus the knowledge that you are supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash POSO or call them right now. Get free activation today with promo code POSO. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. Stop giving your money to people who hate you. PatriotMobile.com slash POSO. Content you don't like or, or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of, those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm, what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, just, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't need. I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, well, I only look well at hang my, on a second. You said you've following. seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks, and I. Well, I, then I how did you I, see the hateful content? content? Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen that you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and I, you can't I, give a single one. And, and, and I'm saying I, I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really. So, at this point, everyone's seen that Elon Musk clip where he just absolutely decimates this BBC journalist. And I want to point out something here. That BBC guy requested the interview with Elon. He actually said, so here's how it went down. Here's how it went down. This all came out later that he reached out to Elon and, and offered, he pitched him an interview and he said, look, you've been in charge of Twitter for six months now. Let's see if we can do a sit down and talk about the various things that you've learned while being in charge of Twitter for six months. Elon says, fine, let's do it right now. He calls him out. He says, come on right in, come right in. And this BBC reporter, he's so stupid that he actually thought that he could walk right into Elon's house and treat him like some hostile witness, you know, like in some kind of court case. And he got humiliated, absolutely humiliated. Here's what, here's what really went down because you saw this with the salon hit piece on me uh, that we read the other day. They view us like we're creatures in some kind of zoo. They, you know, the guy reporting on Pasovic's high cresting forehead, uh, Elon Musk sat on his haunches. You know, it, it's it's they don't view you as actual people who can have a voice and a response. They just realize that you're actors, but they think that they have all the power. And what he showed, or what he learned, I should say, what he found out, what Elon showed him was that actually he has no power in that situation because he completely turned the tables, completely reversed it on him, started asking him about BBC's coverage, about BBC's issues, had no response whatsoever because these people are not used to being challenged. They are brought up, they are coddled, they're not given any opportunity for any conflict whatsoever. 
They're put in these positions of power, not because they're good at asking questions, but because they don't ask questions. They're given these positions, these mid-tier journalists, how it works, okay, is how it works. These companies, whether it's BBC or CNN or whatever, uh, corporate media, in this case, literal regime media, that was something obviously that came up um, with this with this tag that he's been putting on the BBC's account as well as NPR's account, that they're not given their jobs because they're good researchers or investigators. It's exact opposite. They're given their jobs because they will tow whatever the regime line is, and then they'll repeat it back. They'll go after people like Elon. And so when he questions him and says, what's the hate speech? What's the hateful content? Can you please cite it for me so we can have a discussion about it? Elon's not trying to do a gotcha on him. He's simply asking him for an example because he's looking for dialogue. But this guy has no idea what he's talking about because he is an NPC. So what you're seeing there is Elon Musk, the engineer, is triggering the programming, he's short-circuiting the programming of the NPC, the non-playable character, someone who doesn't have, or for whatever reason, is not using his own God-given intellect. He's simply responding to the inputs that have been given to him, like a computer program. He's basically like someone who's so deeply blue-pilled, so connected to the matrix, and Elon Musk is walking up right behind him and yanking the wire out saying, no, you're not going to be hooked up anymore. How do you like that? No, we're not doing it. Well, what about the the misinformation labels? <laughs> he starts stammering, right? That's that's the cognitive dissonance hitting because he knows he's lost. He knows he's completely lost. Um, he can't he can't even fathom it. He can't even hold together the conversation. And so, when you look at the information front of this, when you look at our ability to access and share and disseminate information like this podcast, which you all better be subscribed to, Human Events Daily, both here on Apple Podcasts, watching us on Real America's Voice, and subscribing on Rumble. That's why it's so important for us to have the network effect of networks like Twitter that are up. I hope to God that they bring live streaming back to Twitter. We don't know if they will, but this is our ability to do everything else. If you take away our voice, if you rip our tongue out, then we're not even able to debate on any other stage. I'm not asking for special favors. I don't want anyone do this, but you know what I want? And I think it's amazing that you have a guy like Elon Musk who's standing right there saying, I will not let you abuse the people of Twitter anymore. We're not playing these games. And it's the opposite, by the way. It's the absolute opposite of what I was talking about yesterday in this rule by consensus, this longhouse feminine rule by consensus kind of model. What Elon is doing, this is the masculine, singular, head, lead, monarch, if you will, form of governance of a company where he's saying, no, I make the decisions. I decide who's going to be the CEO. CEO is going to be my dog. How do you like that? It's not about policy. It's about power. It's not about policy. It's about power, who wields it and how it flows. And what that BBC guy just found out was that under the new model, under the new management, he has no power anymore. And he's not used to that functionality because of back in the day, Prior to six months ago, all he had to do was submit something to the committee and the committee would rule in his favor. Now, suddenly there's an issue. There's someone who disagrees. 
there's someone who's not an NPC. Not someone necessarily that I always agree with, by the way, but someone who does actually have his own opinions and is willing to push back on the consensus view. And you notice he tries to appeal to authority constantly, but the consensus, this there's a report, there's this report, and he's like, no, I don't care. I don't care about your report. We need to get back to a society of real individual leaders, individual decision makers, no more rule by committee, no more rule by consensus. Now, that doesn't mean that we go full Ayn Rand and destroy all of civilization and all of society in with it, but you do have to have empowered leaders every step of the way. Hold it, cover for me. One thirteen Baker. We're making entry from the uh, from the east side at Preston, Maine. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of BSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I wanted to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seem like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. So updates in Nashville, updates out of Louisville. We played for you the body cam footage that was released of the Louisville bank shooting, this left-wing Redditor who made a series of anti-Trump posts on Reddit uh, over the years. He was an extremely active Reddit user, displayed the typical. And by the way, um, he wasn't necessarily some kind of rabid leftist. He was just the sort of typical leftist that you find all over Reddit. We also saw in another case of 
the this this new update in this I don't, I don't even call it an update necessarily in it because these grandstanders out in Nashville who were kicked out of office they've now been let back in um, the the Nashville Republican Party the Republican majority in the state house kicked them out without an effective way of keeping them out and I got to say the conservatives it looks like took the L there in Nashville because all you've done is turn these guys into stars for the left great job. Way of playing chess while the other side is playing checkers all the way around you. The real question for me is, when it comes to Nashville, the trans shooter, where's the manifesto? Where is the manifesto? Tell me the truth. Where's the statement from the family on the type of mental health counseling or um, any kind of hormones that this person was on? Where? Where is it? Tell me the truth about Audrey Hale. What was she on? Let me go to the next one. Now we've got Connor Sturgeon, 25, left-wing Redditor. What does it say? Dailymail.com exclusive. He was under the care of mental health professionals. Louisville shooter Connor Sturgeon was being treated for depression and anxiety at the time of the massacre, but had no history of anger issues a family source reveals. So a kid who came from formerly being a troubled child, now a troubled young adult at 25, a full adult really, but we're told was under therapy, depression and anxiety. So what pharmaceutical cocktails was Connor Sturgeon on? And if you are on such a level of pharmaceutical cocktails, as we can only surmise, the trans shooter was, Audrey Hale, with his manifesto that we were promised a release, has never come out. If anybody would like to leak that to human events, please be my guest. We will never burn a source. And I'd say that to anyone who has had a copy of that manifesto. Come on. Do you really want this to go unanswered? the massacre of Christian children? Do you really want the public to be denied the truth of what actually went out, went down that day? The same way that in drips and drabs, they are trying to deny the truth of what happened in Louisville, Connor Sturgeon, that once again, you have a situation where somebody with mental health problems, known mental health problems, was given access to firearms. And so this is the thing, right? If you are someone that's in that case, they're using them to smear every single other law-abiding gun owner and AR-15 owner in this country. And they're going to use it to try to enact laws that affect every single law-abiding AR-15 owner and gun owner. Why? Because they want ultimate power and they want total power and they don't care how many mass shootings happen until they were able to get total power. They don't care how many happen until they can pass their ban, until they can start stripping guns from the hands of every law-abiding American in this country. We all know that's what they want. So when you bring up the pharmaceutical connections, when you bring up the mental health care, they overlook it. They don't care about it. They say that's immaterial. Or they'll even turn around and say, well, we couldn't possibly track everyone 
who's taking these pharmaceutical cocktails. No, no, no. The 41 million Americans on Adderall, the SSRIs that are sweeping this nation. What are we going to do? Look, folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. You can't have a country that is over-medicated and heavily armed at the same time. You can't do it. And let's be rational. And I know that there's going to be a lot of conservatives that don't like hearing that. But here's the problem. We're looking at the situation and we're being pragmatic. I'll tell you right now, you're not going to be able to do gun confiscations in America. It's just not going to happen. So what do we have to do? You've got to go and target the pharmaceuticals, the, the over-medication, and the people taking them. Because it seems again and again and again that there is a connection, a correlation. And guess what, folks? Guess what? Come here. I'm going to share this with you. It's a little secret. Correlation does equal causation. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.